Welcome to Breaking Through Biz, the podcast where we talk about things that are keeping small business owners from getting traction and what they can do about it. I'm your host, Tabitha Shever, and I have with us today my guest, Lisa Nichols. Lisa is the CEO of Technology Partners, which she co-founded with Greg, her husband, who's COO and president. Technology Partners is a certified women business enterprise that provides clients all over the United States with IT staffing and solutions. She's also a speaker, a blogger, and a podcast host of Something Extra. Lisa, you have a lot going on. Where do you want to start today? Oh, my goodness. Yes, I do have a lot going on, just like you. Tabitha, I think, you know, <laughs> birds of a feather flock together, Absolutely. right? But I just, first of all, I wanted to say thank you so much. I'm honored to be here with you. And I feel like every time you and I are together, we have a saying that we love with our sisterhood, iron sharpens iron. Absolutely. And I feel like I get sharpened and it's always a good time. So I'm looking forward to our conversation today. Yeah. Well, thank you. Well, thank you. Well, I want to start at the beginning. So would you take us all the way back? Because this podcast is for those business owners right, who are feeling stuck in it. And you have been doing this for, did you say 29 years? Is that 29 years? 29 years now. So I'm sure you've learned some things along the way. Start me all the way back at the beginning. Like, did you start from scratch? What was it like? Just what was that journey like for you and Greg as you were starting this? Yeah. Um, Well, I can certainly relate to feeling stuck. There's been many stuck moments along the journey here. But I would just say, let's let's go back. Greg and I started our careers in corporate America. Mm -hmm. So we did that for 10 years. We worked at McDonnell Douglas, some amazing brands like Edward Jones and MasterCard. So we... You know, I loved that we started at McDonnell Douglas Day, Tabitha, mm-hmm. very methodical, very process-oriented organization. It was huge at the time, 45,000 employees, but felt like a family. Uh, I can remember, Tabitha, I was probably 24 24 years old and got chosen to have lunch with John McDonald. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I thought I'd died and gone to heaven, you know. <laughs> but I mean, they really, it was a large organization, but they really worked hard yeah. at keeping it kind of that family feel. But we just learned so much. We learned so much from this amazing organization. And so when we started our company now, I came from more of an accounting background. So I was in corporate accounting for Mac. Okay. Then um, I left after about five years of being there and went into corporate sales for another Fortune 500 company and did that. So I was coming at, you know, our business from more of an accounting, financial perspective, as well as the sales side. Mm-hmm. Greg was a technologist. Okay. So, you know, he was the one that had a degree in artificial intelligence and, you know, amazing technical skill. So when we founded our company... You know, we said, let's let's pull our individual strengths and let's build something yeah. and see what happens. And I remember literally, Tabitha, on a Saturday, we said, let's start a company. <laughs> we went down to our basement and we started a company. And, you know, at the time, um, I had just had our second child and I was not working at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, but when we started the company, Greg was consulting. And fortunately, because I get asked this question a lot, well, how do you, did you get venture capital funding? Did you get a loan? Did you, you know, how did you get a PE firm to back you? What, how did you start? You know, because yeah. you've got to have capital, yeah. right, to yeah. start. Um, and fortunately, Greg was consulting and we could pay our bills based on what he 
made. Mm-hmm. And we didn't live above our means either. That's the other thing. And I'm grateful for that. You mm-hmm. know, it wasn't like, you know, it was a huge stretch for us to to pay our bills. Um, but I started pro bono and just started, you know, I said, okay, I'm going to do what was it? Three days a week. I'll do three days a week. And and so I had two littles yeah. at the time. So it's a lot to balance. It's a lot to balance. <laughs> our our son was born in ninety two. Our daughter was born in ninety three. We started technology partners in ninety four. So I had to have somebody to come in to the home and watch them while while I worked. Um, but you know, we started small. We started small. We we had to we did get a thirty thousand dollar home equity loan. Okay. Because we were paying technology people and technology people are very highly paid. Yeah. So it was important to us to make sure that we were consistent with payroll. And so, um, you know, we that's w- the way that we started. We just had to control our growth. So it was like, okay, this month we can only add two people. Mm-hmm. That's all because with, you know, that you had to look at your cash flow. And at the time we were working with larger companies. And so our very first company was Southwestern Bell, if okay. you remember yeah. Southwestern <laughs> Bell. And the payment terms were 60 days. Oh, so yeah. we had to wait 60 days, you know, to get paid. And so, yeah, I'm not telling you that it wasn't a challenge. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we just we started small and started lean you know, for the, your listeners that may be thinking about a business, the Lean Startup mm-hmm. book is yep. an amazing book yep. uh, to grab. Um, and it's, you know, make sure that you're watching your overhead and you know, those type things. So and then as we, you know, were able to get more cash flow in, we were able to grow and scale and hired our first person maybe 18 months after we kind of started. And I said, you know, if we're really going to scale this. I need to go up to five days a week, (laughs) not just three days a week. And we need to hire another person. And um, so, yeah, so that's that's the way we started. And, you know, it's just been um, organic growth. We we did make one acquisition probably 15 years ago in Dallas okay, uh, because we didn't really know who we were. Mm -hmm. We bought a clerical admin company thinking, well, we're already doing I.T., you know, we could possibly do this. And it was not a good fit for us. We were we needed to stick with the tech. But, okay. yeah, that's the other thing that I would say, Tabitha, is there's going to be a lot of experimentation. Yeah. Don't be afraid of that. OK, that's a good There's a lot of experimentation tip. along the way. Yeah. And you're going to have things that work and things that don't. So paint a picture for me. Like if we were looking at your revenue, would it be just a beautiful straight line, a hockey stick? Or would it look more like a EKG or like what? <laughs> how did it go for you guys? Right. <laughs> well, I mean, it was pretty linear. I mean, it was pretty much a straight, straight, slow, slow, slow and steady. steady. OK. And then I will tell you for a number of years, and I really don't, I, I can't give you the years, but, you know, we had some recessions. Mm-hmm. We had a lot of companies pulling back on tech, you know, during, you know, and I and I will say I'm we feel so incredibly blessed because some of the companies that we started with as competitors are no longer in business, you know, and maybe it's because they tried to scale too fast or, you know, maybe didn't really know who they were, you know, as an organization. But there were there were was a period of time where we were pretty flat. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But but at the time, we're like, that's success. Yeah. (laughs) At least we're not out of business. Right. Did you like have a mindset that I'm going to grow this to this multimillion dollar thing? Or was it like, let's just do a lifestyle business? Like, did how much planning and 
really kind of vision casting did you do and and then how much reality followed with kind of how you cast yeah, your vision that's a really good question uh, because in the beginning we would say let's let's try to grow this to this revenue level um, but you know along the way we finally said you know what we're gonna kind of look quarter by quarter you know we would love to get this level of growth. Mm-hmm. Um, but what we found, it's really hard to predict. <laughs> I mean, especially what we all had happen in 2020. Who would have ever thought yeah. something like that, you know? And so I do think a plan is important, mm-hmm. Tabitha. But I, I we've kind of subscribed to more like a quarterly. Let's put quarterly goals in place. Yeah. And then, you know, more that agile re- approach, I yeah. would say. Yeah. And kind of every 90 mm-hmm. days, we know people start to fray. And so to come mm-hmm. back together and just get everybody on the same yeah. page again totally For makes sure. sense. Mm-hmm. Tell me about what are some of the major challenges that you ran into that maybe you think other business owners are, are running into today? What kind of challenges did you face? Well, at different times, different challenges. Okay, right. Um, I would say the the recruitment of talent, especially when you're starting small. Mm-hmm. Now, when we when we first started, in, and I'm sure some of your listeners can relate to this, we did everything. We did everything mm-hmm. because you don't have the financial resources to hire everyone that you would like to hire or hire a higher level of person. Um, So, you know, I think a challenge sometimes is like knowing kind of what you need, Mm -hmm. but then also seeing, uh, yeah, I don't have those kind of resources or I don't have that expertise. Mm -hmm. Uh, But, you know, I think a really good approach, Tabitha, is sometimes a fractional approach. Yeah. So I have, you know, and I'll just, I'll say, for instance, there is a client that we're working with right now that has um, done very well and scaled their business, but they are projected. I mean, if they can get the right leadership in place, I mean, they are projected to explode. Yeah. Right. But they may not be at the level to have that high level CIO chief information officer or CTO level, but they need that kind of thought leadership. Mm hmm. So we're proposing right now a fractional approach. You may not be able to afford someone full time, but why not get someone in 25 hours a month, you yeah. know, to start out with, um, you know, so that's always a good approach. But, yeah, I think um, and especially in our business now, just finding technical people in general mm-hmm. is very, very hard. So I think the recruitment of, uh, of people and the right talent, I think, is definitely a challenge. Um, I would also say that sometimes it's very easy to get distracted by the shiny, bobbly object. <laughs> and I don't yes. know if that resonates at all with you, but but me especially, I'm like, oh, we need to go over here and do this. And so I think one of the challenges for me is to to be able to scale back and say, no, let's focus on what we're really good at. Yeah, the less is more. Pick one thing, become experts in that area. I don't know. Do you know Mike Shiro from C12? Are you I, familiar I with that? I know who he is. He, yes. he questioned me one day. Um, we were in a C12 meeting and and I was like, we can do this, we can do that, we can do this. And, and he said to me, he goes, have you mastered your backyard? And I was like, no. And he's like, then why are you trying to go nationwide? 
Mm-hmm. And I that that just kind of was like a knife in the heart or a right. punch in the gut where I was like, right. oh, yeah, like I think I've got to go big and go global. And if I'm not even doing a good job with the people that know, like, and trust me, am I really ready to scale? So yeah, that's that's a good point. And I and I will tell you just faux pas on my part literally is several years ago and I'm I'm going to mess up the time frame here, but it was something like 2006 to maybe 2011, we were doing that. And we opened up like within five years, opened up five different offices mm-hmm. because Tabitha, I thought we needed to go global. And let, and let me tell you another thing. And, and this is, you know, one of the things I would caution people against. Be who you are. Mm. Be who you are. Don't try to be somebody else. And I will tell you the reason that we did start opening up all these offices is because I saw our competition doing this. Yep. And? And I thought, (laughs) oh, my word, they're doing this. We've got to we've got to go bigger. Yeah. We've got to go bigger. But what we where the misstep was, was not really mastering one of those, you know, before you you go to the next. And, yeah. and what we realized after trying this for, you know, this many years, we realized that we really had not got one office completely sustainable on their own. Mm. And St. Louis was carrying yeah. all of those offices. Yeah. So did right? you scale it back then? We or did. Clo- we closed, closed every office but St. Louis. Now, I'm not saying that we won't do that in the future, but Hopefully we'll do it smarter. Yeah. Next time. Yeah. But don't get don't get caught up in what you be, you know, you and you you know what your organization's about. Don't get distracted by what the competition is doing. And it doesn't mean you need your head in the sand. You do need to understand kind of where the market is moving and where your clients are moving mm-hmm. primarily. Yep. But don't go and try to be like everyone else. No, I think that's great wisdom. Obviously, a ton of things have changed in the last three to five years. Um, what do you think has been the biggest change that has really impacted you guys, and, and how are you dealing with it? Well, let's start with the obvious one. <laughs> the obvious one is that now it's a hybrid workplace. Yes. Right? Um, that wasn't a heavy lift for us, though, Tabitha, because we were already allowing people to work virtually. We're in the tech world. You know, as long as you've got a virtual private network and a way for people to secure their data, you know, we were already offering that to people. Um, but I do know a lot of businesses that was a very heavy lift. Mm-hmm. And it's and it's hard even now to get people to come back in. So mm-hmm. we have to be uh, really intentional with you know, pulling people in with ice cream and pizza parties and, you know, all kinds of things like that. But we, our HR department has done an amazing job keeping our people engaged and and doing things like that. So I think that's the most obvious one. Um, I also think that we are living more in a digital world Mm -hmm. than we ever have before. Um, E-commerce has become a huge thing, right? Mm -hmm. And so for companies that are selling, um, you know, they've had to to get on board. But there's some positive things with that, too, because, you know, with Amazon and allowing, like, you've got a book coming out. Yeah. And I'm sure <laughs> that one of your distribution channels is going to be Amazon. It will be on Amazon. It Absolutely. will be on Amazon. So, you know, those are some positive things. Um, 
Another big change, and this is something that our firm really helps with, is we say that there has never been as much data. Mm, Yes. And how to keep it safe and how to store it and how to access it in a meaningful way. And so you get to be behind the scenes on all of that. What uh, what tips do you have for people there? Have a plan. Okay. You need a data strategy plan. Mm-hmm. And if you don't really have that plan, number one, you're maybe not even going to be collecting the right data. Mm-hmm. You've got to make sure that you're collecting meaningful, relevant data. Um, the governance of the data. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I have a client that we're working with right now, and they don't even have confidence in the integrity of their data. Talk talk about what governance is. Like, define governance, because I worked at an IT company, and yes. I, I, like, that's the first place I heard that. And in the business world, you hear governance, but you think of it in terms of, like, a board of directors or something. So talk about Standards. governance in terms of uh, data. Right. Standards. Okay. So... You know, many times organizations will have many different systems. Mm -hmm. Those systems don't always talk with one another. So, you know, let's say first name, last name, you know, in one system. And then another another system, contact. Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Not even so called the same thing. Not even don't marry up and yep. call the same thing. So having a standard, you know, where it no, this is what it's going to be. And then even if that data is put into one system and another system, there is some sort of safeguard there that says, Hey, Tabitha, these fields don't match. Yes. You know, and flagging you. Um, so yeah, I mean, and that's a very simplistic way, but I'm thinking you know, skews and things like that. I mean, you know, it's it's really because if you're reporting on data and it's bad data, then you're making bad you're decisions. You're going to make bad decisions, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I would say that's another huge change. And, and companies are, are f- trying to figure out, oh, my goodness, we've got these, you know, sensors, these, you know, the Internet of things, right? We've got these sensors on our machines and they're collecting all this data, but what do we do with it? And how do we... You know, you don't want to just collect the data for data's sake. You want to build, you want to to build a strategy so that that data can give you insights into your business. Yeah. And if you have a CIO or CTO or somebody who's sitting in that seat, that's the things they should be thinking about. But most of the companies I work with probably don't have that role. Mm -hmm. And so that's where it makes sense to either bring in a fractional person or is it that just falls to the CEO or the COO typically? Like, how, where do you, what do you or see? Or the happening? CFO. The you CFO, know, a okay. lot of times in smaller organizations, the CFO is trying to handle IT. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's face it. <laughs> you Probably not their strong suit. It's not their strong suit, yeah. right? And so, yeah, I always caution companies to, you know, even like if you do are thinking about hiring a CIO, Make sure that CIO has a seat at the table. They need to report to the CEO, not the CFO. Oh, that's good advice. Because, because again, you know, that CFO, what's the CFO looking at? They should be looking at the financials. They're looking at financials. They're looking at cost, right? Yes. But a CIO can say, yes, Miss CEO, we're going to spend this X amount of money, but look at what it's going to drive for the business. Yes. And... I will tell you, I guess that's the other big change. We have seen more and more companies, Tabitha, that say, we're not MasterCard, large client of ours. You know, they would tell you, we're not a credit card processing company. We're a technology company. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It's technology that is driving their business. Yep. So you might be able to survive for a while without a technology roadmap, but those that are really embracing artificial intelligence and machine language and, you know, some of the more emerging technologies to drive their business you're probably not going to be able to compete for very long. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a technology age, and it, that's just another one of those key differentiators. So if you aren't doing that today, you need to be thinking about that. And if people wanted to get some help or assistance from you guys, I know you're the best in the industry. How could they go about getting a hold of you? Go to our website. You know, the URL is technologypartners.net. Um, reach out to me. You can put my information in the show notes. Tabitha. Absolutely, we'll do. Um, and I I will be the first to tell you I'm not the technologist on the team. <laughs> Understood. <laughs> but I do know how to direct your, your inquiries. And so I will direct you to the appropriate people. Perfect. If you had to leave um, everyone who's listening with one final nugget or piece of wisdom or lesson that you learned over all of your years, what would it be? Oh, that is a big question. Yeah. <laughs> one thing. I've learned so many things. I... You know, we were talking about my friend Zach Clark Mm -hmm. before in a sidebar conversation, and I love Zach. He is a executive coach, leadership development type individual, spent his whole life being a student. And I love something that he said, Tabitha. He said, don't be a know-it-all, be a Mm learn-it-all. Don't be a know-it-all. Be a learn it all. And sometimes as a leader, you think, oh, I I have to know all of this. Well, I think one of the tenets of a really good leader is to have the humility to say, you know what? I really don't know everything. But, you know, you've got to surround yourself with people who do know what you don't know. And have a passion for it, that just have that unique God-gifted talent, and it's just been instilled in them. That's their purpose and passion in life, and you can't be passionate about everything and yes. really good at everything. and you're not going to be able to be good at everything, and it is okay yeah. to say, I don't know. But make sure you lean into your team mm-hmm. to give them a voice, and especially the people that are dealing with the customer on a day-in, day-out basis. I have always said, if you want to know where your business needs to go, Ask your clients Mm, and they will tell you and I will tell you we could we could spend hours literally where I could say we pivoted because X, Y, Z asked us to do this. Yeah. Or ABC company said this is a huge challenge for us. And then us come and see how can we morph? How can we pivot in our own organization to help them solve that challenge? You want to be a value creator. Yes. For your clients. So I hope I have created a little value for your listeners today. Absolutely. I think you have very much. And I'm incredibly grateful for bringing your unique perspective to the table. So then again, thank you for coming. Um, Next, our next guest is going to be Debbie Morris of Integrity Training. And we're going to talk about health and diet and wellness. And that is an introduction that came from Lisa. And I know that Lisa loves Debbie. So encourage you to join us next time to hear that. Um, But with that, Lisa, I just want to say I know you're a busy woman. 
woman, and I can't tell you how grateful I am for you spending a little bit of time here to help educate um, all of these business owners that are on the same journey that you've already so gracefully and wonderfully uh, traversed for us and giving us the opportunity where you share your knowledge with, um, with other people is just such a blessing. So thank you so much for being on. Well, thank you for having me. And Tabitha, you're a blessing to me. I do feel like I come away richer every time you and I are together. So thank you so much for having me today. This has been Breaking Through Biz with Tabitha Shever, and I just want to give a thank you to Family Vision Media and Dave Powell for helping us to produce this podcast. Plus Delta is committed to helping your small business get your operations in order and to drive positive change. To learn more about Plus Delta services or EOS, go to plusdelta.com. Until next time, happy changing, everyone. <laughs>